Hi, this is Erin Olson of Sandal Feet Ministries. Thank you so much for stopping by my podcast today. If you'd like more information about my ministry, please visit www.sandalfeet.org. Thank you again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, this is Erin Olson. Thank you so much for joining me for week six of my Bible study, Forgiveness, Unforgiveness, Revealed Through Your Fruits. I want to apologize in advance. I did lose my voice last week, um, maybe the day after I recorded the podcast for last week. So it is slowly coming back, but um, I hope regardless that you can hear me and I pray that it uh, lasts throughout this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you so much for today. Thank you for this time that I'm able to carve out of my schedule, Lord, just to sit in your presence and to teach your word. Father, I pray that you would not only reveal your special word to whoever is listening, Lord, but that you would even reveal a fresh word to me. Lord, that even though I wrote the book, Lord, that it is always the Holy Spirit speaking through me and interceding on behalf of others, Lord, that that only what you want to be said will be said. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, that we push aside all of the things that are trying to distract us, Lord, and all of the things that we need to do so we can just sit in your presence for just these moments. Father, just bless this time together, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, this is week six. If you can believe it, we are now uh, halfway through the study. Um, It has gone by so quickly. I hope so far you've enjoyed it. I hope that you are gleaning um, different elements of forgiveness uh, through this study. I know as I've spoken to people over the months who have done this study, that uh, the Lord is always revealing new things to them and and working on them in ways that they didn't think that they needed to be worked on. So I pray that uh, your eyes are being opened, your heart is being softened, and that relationships are being reconciled, and and that you're able to walk in a newfound state of forgiveness, whether you're finally accepting and firmly believing that Jesus loves you and that your sins are forgiven or um, that that a relationship has been reconciled because forgiveness has been extended or received. And and I just pray that um, in the days ahead that even more uh, spiritual awakening will occur as you read the remaining fruit of the Spirit. So today we are going to be talking about kindness and unkindness. And kindness is tough, you know. um, I have a shirt that says, Be Kind. And when I wear it, you know, people look at it and they think, oh, yeah, be kind. And um, we're all called to be kind. We need to be kind to one another. I know sometimes my responses are very short and very quick-tempered and um, very curt, if you will. Sometimes my tone is not that that great. And and my pastor reminded me um, in our class on Saturday night that, you know, sometimes it's our tone that is very important. Sometimes I can have a long day, just be tired and not want to talk to anybody, and yet I have four other people who live in my house between my husband and my children and then my three dogs, and sometimes the way I respond to them isn't very kind, um, just because I'm tired, and and so sometimes feelings get hurt, or um, there's a miscommunication that takes place, or even though my intentions are good, and, and I really love them in that moment, and I really want to participate, um, I may just be very short with what I say to them, And my tone may not be that great and and they may receive it as unkindness or that I'm angry with them or or perhaps I even hurt their feelings. So, so many things are, can occur 
when we're not being kind and, and that fruit of the spirit is so important. And um, I love this quote. It's in the book, but I found it from Beth Moore and I think it's so true. I love her heart and, and how she really helps to, through her messages, through her studies, through her teaching, really help deliver people from bondage. And she says, she said this, she said, kindness flows from the overflow of the Lord's forgiveness upon us. People who have been deeply graced by God never withhold grace from other people. But people who don't feel like they've been terribly graced are the meanest people on the planet. And it, basically what she's saying here is that um, those who have, you know, really sat in the presence of God and really felt His grace wash over you, fully realizing who God is and what his forgiveness means are completely changed. And out of that overflow, the grace that we re received from God should never be withheld from somebody else. Basically, um, when you look at people, are you judging them by their appearance, by their actions, by their current lifestyle or life situation? What is the first thing that you do in response to a new person you meet or a new situation that comes upon you? Um, are you responding with God's grace and God's kindness? Or are you responding in the flesh? And we're human. And, and as much as um, the Holy Spirit resides in us, we have a constant battle. We talk about it all the time. Uh, we have a spiritual war going on and, and Satan loves to twist and pervert and, and, uh, really mess with God's goodness and, and all of the fruit of the Spirit. And, and so when we're talking about the counterfeit, if you're feeling something that's opposite of one of these fruit of the Spirit, you've really got to think about, is this coming from my flesh or is this coming from Satan? Is Satan trying to thwart the attempts of the Holy Spirit? If I were to act kindly to this person in this situation, what could possibly happen? Could this person be led to salvation? Could this person um, be helped with a current situation that they're going through? Could this person possibly restore a relationship? Um, because sometimes when Satan knows that something big is about to happen, he's going to do everything he can uh, to thwart those efforts. So I hope that as we're going through these nine attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, that you're being awakened to the fact that when you have an opposite response to the fruit of the Spirit, it most likely has Satan's name attached to it because it's the counterfeit of the Holy Spirit. Um, God sends us every good and perfect gift is from above, right? Holy Spirit is from above and Satan is not. <laughs> he got kicked out of above and he now dwells in this earth. And um, so if it's a good gift, if it's a perfect gift, if you will, that word perfect is not the word perfect we think it is, but um, every good and perfect gift is from above. So if we're, if we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit in these attributes, um, let's just remember how we respond, how we're feeling, uh, whether it be peace, patience, kindness, joy, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are good things, good and perfect things from above. But if we're walking in the opposite of that, the counterfeit, unkindness, evilness, disloyalty, those sorts of things. They're from Satan. So please remember that. It's so important of how we respond to others, to God, to ourselves. And I love 
this week in my study. I know I've said this before, but each week that I wrote this study, I said, God, who do you want me to speak to this week? What is it that you want me to write about? I can sit here and write words about what kindness means, what unkindness means, give some biblical examples. But at the heart of it, Lord, you know, who do you want me to target? And this week when I wrote this, God really placed it in my heart to reach out to those of you who are thinking unkindly of yourselves. Um, what is it that you've done that you can't seem to forgive yourself for? What is it that you've done that you think that God cannot forgive you for? Um, because if, if we can't be kind to ourselves, it is so hard for us to be kind to others. If we don't think of ourselves in a kind manner, that we are a chosen son or daughter, we are adopted into God's family when we receive Christ as our Savior, if we don't walk around with that, um, it reflects who we are and how we respond, how we think about ourselves. Um, so in Proverbs 3.3, 3, it says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie these two things around your neck as a reminder and write them deep within your heart. We'll talk about faithfulness, which is a synonym for loyalty later in the study, but never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Never, never let it leave you. Uh, we need to remember that. I mean, it's said to tie it around your neck. God knows we're forgetful. God knows that we don't remember. God knows we have a hard time. Uh, we had to write, etch the commandments in stone so they wouldn't be destroyed. Um, to be remembered. And, and Moses said to the people uh, in Deuteronomy 6, 8 through 9, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Right? That's what he said about the commandments, about the laws. And God already knew we'd have short-term memory issues. And, and so he literally wanted us to inscribe things on ourselves and on our garments. Um, and, you know, we can't, you know, we're, maybe you'll drape a sign. I have a sign. And in, in when you first walk into my house, it says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As a reminder that anybody walking into my house knows that we are our family who serves the Lord. And I have scriptures up throughout the house that remind me of things um, in case I forget, you know, from time to time. But I have these these scriptures that remind me. So it's almost like I'm binding them to my heart. So I'm tying them around my neck. I also have um, I have a vanity license plate, a, a personalized license plate that for my ministry, and on it it also has the three crosses of at the at the at the crucifixion, and they're empty crosses, the three crosses, and um, at Golgotha, and under that you know it says one state under God, and it represents our state, but. Um, I often remind my husband specifically, even myself from time to time, when I'm driving that car, I'm a witness for Christ. If people are looking at my license plate, they are knowing that I am a believer in Christ. It's not so much that I have one cross on my thing, but I have three crosses, which means that I firmly believe in the in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so when I'm driving around town, if I'm driving like a lunatic and not being kind, cutting people off and driving fast and, and honking and, and doing all sorts of crazy stuff, people aren't going to think that I'm so kind and it's going to hurt my witness. And so I have that on there as a reminder. And I often remind my husband that um, he cannot ruin my witness either when I'm in the neighborhood and around town and 
And, you know, people said before, I've heard people say it, that they refuse to put one of the Jesus fishes on their car because, uh-uh, they drive like a lunatic. You know, they might tailgate or they drive fast or they get impatient and, and they don't want to reflect that. Well, I say to them, maybe they should put the bumper sticker on their car so they can remember that they need to walk in kindness each and every day. Exactly what this scripture says. It says to, to tie it around your neck so you can remember. If you had something on your car, maybe you wouldn't be so impatient. Maybe you would be kinder. Um, I also wrote in here, C.S. Lewis has a quote. He said, everyone feels benevolent, which is another word for kind, if nothing happens to be annoying him at the moment. So we can be really kind when everything is going great. But when everything is not going so great, or maybe you're having a trouble with a relationship, whether it's a friendship or with your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or, or a teacher at school or um, a sales clerk or the long line at the post office or the bank or whatever it might be. Um, if, if, you know, you just zipped right into the bank and there wasn't four people in front of you making very long deposits or if it wasn't, um, you know, five o'clock and the store closed when it's supposed to close at five thirty, if, if, if those things, uh, were all going great, um, you know, we can pretty much be kind. We can walk in kindness. It's not a problem. But when those things become tough, when you have a cranky post lady at the post office who isn't very happy about helping you uh, address an international envelope, for instance, um, those sorts of things, how do we respond? I mean, do we offer her grace? Do we offer her kindness? Um, say maybe she's having a bad day. Maybe uh, something's going on in her life. You know, maybe we should ask, how can we pray for you? It seems like you're having a rough day. How can we extend kindness instead of getting bitter and angry and, and being mad at this woman who you may or may not even know and may or may not ever interact with again in your life? Um, so we need to think about that. It says, Solomon said in Proverbs eleven seventeen, your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. And in just a couple of verses later in verse 19, he said, godly people find life, but evil people find death. So it says, your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. Isn't that right? I mean, when you think about someone who's unkind, who comes to mind? Um, you know, is it is it a crotchety old person, maybe even in your family, like one of your extended family members that you just can't even stand to be around because they're so cruel, whether verbally or physically, or just grumpy and never happy and discontent and complaining all the time and and so you just don't even want to spend time with them and and they just live maybe a solitary life because their unkindness has has blocked them from being able to live um, because people don't want to be around them well how can you forgive their behavior I mean what should we as believers be called to do and and I think the first response should be we should pray we should pray for those people um, that are unkind to you pray for them heartily that God would reach them and touch their heart and you don't know, you might be the first person that's ever interceded for them. And and God will reward you for your kindness. God will reward you for your efforts. And it may not be something that he's physically going to give to you, but what he is and what he might do is allow you to be a witness to a miracle when this person's personality completely changes, when there's a softening of the heart, and when people can come back in the presence of that person because they are kind, um, because they don't complain, because they found joy um, unmistakable joy. And maybe that's your reward. Maybe that's what God rewards you with is being able to participate in intercession and view miracles. Because let me tell you, God is still in the miracle 
making business. He did not end that once scripture was closed up. It still happens today. So our rewards are not always what God's rewards are. He can give us more than we can ask, think, or imagine. So let's be active participants in the kingdom of God. And and let's not, you know, hold on to that. And let's be kind. And So let me get back to what I was talking about earlier about how can we be kind to ourselves? How are we as people unkind to ourselves? I know for so many years I struggled with um, just kind of holding on to some junk in my life, you know, whether they were choices that I made myself or things that occurred to me, um, held on to some anger, some bitterness, some doubt, some insecurity. Um, some second guessing, some like, I wish I hadn't done that. I mean, I ruined several years of my life kind of a thing. So, you know, if, if I allow myself to dwell in that place and beat myself up and be unkind to myself and not be able to forgive myself and say, listen, you know what? There was a reason why I made those decisions and I take responsibility for those, whether it was um, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, making choices where I knew I was rebelling against my parents, making choices when I knew 100% I was rebelling against God. And and yet, God remembers my sins no more. And, And when I finally laid it all down at the foot of the cross, and I said, you know what, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I see my life quickly crumbling around me. I see that I'm like just stuck in this pit of despair. And, and I can't forgive myself. I mean, how in the world am I going to raise a family if I can't forgive myself? Um, you know, what what does that look like? And, and how can I even be a godly witness if I can't forgive myself? And I mean, really, I mean, who's going to believe me if I bring all this up? If I said what the things I did, who in the world is going to believe my witness? Well, let me just tell you that it's Jesus who believes the repentant heart. It's Jesus that is the one who forgives sins. And so... Um, only Jesus, only Jesus. Whenever I start to doubt, whenever I start to be unkind to myself, and occasionally thoughts will come up in my head again. Um, sometimes when I just witness a sweet moment or when I just see unbelievable girls, like high school girls, young college girls, just completely on fire for Jesus and living for the Lord and, and doing all the right things, I can quickly find myself thinking, man, I was that was me when I was their age. I wish I hadn't missed the boat. I wish I hadn't wasted so many years. And I can quickly start being unkind to myself again, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Look at all those years. And, and I'll get angry at myself. And I'll get unkind to myself. And I'll get a little bit down. But then you know what? All I have to do is remember Jesus. Jesus can take all my burdens and he has washed me clean of all my sins. And so when I start getting down and out like that, and I often think that, yes, I made some bad choices, or yes, my my path got a little um, off track from time to time, and praise God that ever since I finally laid down my life and surrendered to Christ, it has been so much easier to stay on track, so much easier to be a God-fearing woman, so much easier to walk um, in the ways of the Lord, in you know, in step with him and in a relationship with him because I talk to Jesus, I pray to God and I ask for more of the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, without those three things right there, um, it's difficult. I'll have to tell you that. So I pray that if you're listening to this and you are feeling kind of off and you're feeling like you're beating yourself up and you feel like God doesn't love you and God doesn't forgive you and he can't forgive you, I just need you to stop right now and I need you to stop and pray and say, Jesus, please forgive me. 
I just want to be yours. You're my savior. I need help. I need you to come back into my life. I need you to come into my life. Maybe you're listening to this. We're on week six and you still haven't given your life to Christ. But I need you just to stop right here and do that because honestly, that's the most important thing. You can't make it through the rest of this study. You won't even be able to make it through the rest of this hour without knowing that Jesus has completely forgiven your sin if you've called upon his name. Don't you dare let someone tell you otherwise. Don't you dare let Satan tempt you with those lies. It will crush you. But Jesus wants to lift you up. So please allow him to take your hand. Um, so when I think about those times when I beat myself up and Honestly, I really try not to do that. I really try to walk joyfully and kindly. And every once in a while, Satan will get in there and try to mess with my mind. And I have to shoo him out in the name of Jesus and tell him he is not allowed to take our presidents. Um, he is an uninvited guest and he has got to get lost. He has uh, made a wrong turn to the wrong place. So I do have to fight that. It's a spiritual war. Let's remember that. But when I do come across that, I'm like, Lord, I know you can make all things good, right? For all of those who love you. So how does he do that? He puts me in places where he uh, sets me in positions where I can minister to people who are going through or have gone through some of the stuff that I've gone through. Because you know why? I can relate to that person. I can have a kind heart. Like Grace, Grace uh, Beth Moore said about Grace when she said, you know, those who do not feel like they've been completely graced by God, they can't give that grace. Well, let me assure you, if I'm having a conversation with with somebody who has walked through or is walking through some similar circumstances that I've went through, let me tell you, my grace abounds greatly uh, for that person because I feel their pain. I know their pain. I am empathetic to their pain. Um, and I know in those moments that that is like a God appointment. God has ordained that time together and he will redeem the years the locust has stolen. And I know that for a fact and I claim that promise for myself and I claim that promise for you. Um, so, but sometimes, I mean, sometimes what happens when we are, we can also go on the flip side of that. When you get frustrated with somebody else and, and you're like, why are you not getting it? And why are you still walking in that sin? Or, or why are you still in that relationship? Or why are you still making those choices? And, um, how, how, how do we go from being kind when we first meet them on day one and maybe say week seven they're still messing up and they're still doing that, whatever. And and how do we go from kindness to judgmental so quickly? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if one day God said, oh, I'm changing my plan. I was kind to you today, but I'm going to be ruthless to you tomorrow. God doesn't do that. The new covenant, it doesn't do that. It doesn't happen. Uh, we repent and uh, we ask Jesus into our hearts and we are headed towards salvation. We still need to confess because it's not because he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't mess up our place in heaven because what if we don't confess our sins before we die? If we get in a car wreck on the way home from work and we haven't had a special time of confession that day, does that mean it messes with our salvation and we lose our place in heaven? That is totally not the case. That is a works-based theology, not a grace-based theology. And Ephesians 2.8, you are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift from God. So don't you let anyone think you can lose your salvation. But um, but we can go from that, you know, 
kind person to that judging person. And we need to, you know, we need to hash that out. We need to figure out why am I acting so unkind to this person? What's going on? Is it because I'm, I'm mad at myself again? Um, have I not forgotten, forgiven myself? Um, am I not able to lead this person to Christ because I think that they shouldn't be forgiven? What's that bar that's holding us? But we need, we need to, we need to pay attention to that. We need to remain loyal and faithful friends. We need to be loyal and faithful to ourselves. We need to be loyal and faithful to God who saved us. Um, and we never, according you know, to Proverbs 3, 3, we never let loyalty and kindness leave us. Never, never let it leave us. Um, I said in the book, I gave this challenge. What if for a 24-hour period, you walked around, there's all these shame things that go on on YouTube, right? Where a kid messes up and a parent makes him stand on the corner. Or um, I've seen one where a lady was overweight and people came and wrote on her body and gave her words of encouragement because she was having a, you know, a, a body issue thing and she wanted to see how people responded to her. And But what if for a 24-hour period... You walked around with even like a t-shirt. Maybe we don't need to write on our bodies, but we can write on a t-shirt. Every sin, every grievous sin. I don't even know if you can remember every little sin. I know I can't remember every little sin I've committed, but you know, some of the major sins, some of the really grievous sins that you've committed in your lifetime, maybe some recent sins that you've committed, you know, that are maybe even minor infractions, whatever it might be. What if you wrote those on a t-shirt and you wore that for 24 hours and you didn't stay home where no one could see you? But that you went to pub in public, you went to the gas station, you went to the grocery store, you went to go pick your children up from school. Maybe even it's a church day, you wore that thing into church. If everybody knew your business, if everybody knew your sin, do you think that your response to people in the future, in the next five minutes, in the next hour, would be different? If our sins were exposed, and we couldn't hide them behind our smiles or our fancy houses, fancy cars, perfect-looking family. If, if we could just walk around, how would we react to people that came up to us? What would our response be? And I, and I, I wrote this because I said, would it make you be more thankful for the forgiveness you've received because of the gift Jesus gave to you? Everybody knew your business. If you were yourself reminded about all your sins, but that Jesus' love and his kindness towards you, for you, even the person maybe that led you to Christ, that invited you to church or invited you over to their house to pray the prayer of salvation, kind act of that person saved you. Um, you know, we, we have to think about how much better this world would be if we were all just a little bit kinder to one another. I think it's one of the greatest attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, kindness. It's so simple, so simple. It's not complicated at all. It's our response to ourselves. It's our response to our Father. It's our response to others that come across our path. Um, those are the kind of wrinkle lines I want to have. I want to have, I don't want to have frown lines. I want to have laugh lines. I want to have smile lines. I, I said I never had wrinkles before I had children because I never smiled so much. Because when you have a baby, you're always smiling at them and cooing at them. And, and they get a little bit sillier as toddlers and you're laughing. And um, But what if we walked around 
always kind, you know, even maybe to a fault. So kind that, you know, people think we're strange or people might think that they can walk all over us, but we walk in the strength and the courage of the Holy Spirit. So we got to be discerning as well. But um, I just challenge you this week, be kind to yourself. You know, know that God remembers your sin no more. You're truly forgiven. He has stamped um, forgiven across your name. He has written it in the sand. If you read the study, you'll know what that reference is. Um, but you are truly forgiven. So be kind to yourself. Be kind to others that come into your path. And just love well. Love like Jesus would. So thank you so much for joining me today. I, th I hope this helped somebody. I hope... Um, I hope that it just leaves you with just a gentler spirit and just some burdens lifted off your own personal shoulders. Just forgive yourself. Be kind to yourself. Stop being your own worst critic. Um, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're uniquely created for a purpose and a calling and a plan. And, and Jesus has great things in store for you. So don't sell yourself short and don't beat yourself up. God can take it all. Jesus will carry your burdens. He says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And I will take my burdens upon me, for my yoke is light. So um, just have a great week. I hope you enjoy working through the study. And uh, I look forward to catching back up with you next week. Let me go ahead and close this out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for this time. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you gave your son to die for us, each one of us, Lord, that you remember our sins no more, that we come to you with a repentant heart, we say, Lord, we've messed up, we can't do this on our own, forgive me, Father, for I'm a sinner, I need your gifts, I need your grace, I long for your mercy, Lord, fill me with your fruit of the Spirit, fill me with those things that are of above want more good gifts from above. Lord, don't let me get into the temptation of Satan. Don't let him get anywhere near me, Lord. Keep him so far to the east and to the west, Lord, that he can't even get in the vicinity of the angels that protect each one of us. So, Father, just thank you so much for each person listening. Thank you for so much, so much for each person, Lord, that is uh, going through the study. Lord, I pray that bondage is being broken, Lord, that relationships are being reconciled we are being kinder to ourselves and to others. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.